0: So as you can tell, Pastor Tighe is away this weekend, and uh, Pastor Arp, you may have heard, was involved in a bicycle accident. And uh, he is home from the hospital, he's uh, healing up, it's going to be a, a little bit of time for that to happen, but uh, he's doing okay and full recovery is expected, but he's not able to be here too. And so we're starting to run out of pastors. And uh, so that's why I'm here today. <laughs> and I didn't have a chance to, uh, to write up a brand new sermon because I needed to write a, ger- a generation sermon today. And uh, so we're going to take a break from the imagine the unimaginable life for just one week. And I'm going to go ahead and share a message that I shared in Generations a couple of weeks ago. So in Generations Worship, we just finished the sermon series called Foundations of Faith. And so for the past few months, we had been looking at who God says we are as his people. In other words, who we are in Christ. And one of the things that God says is that we are his children. We are God's children who are to shine like lights in the world. And so the Bible passage that we're looking at today comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And there Paul writes this, do all things without complaining or disputing, "...that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the world, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world." There it is. So, Paul is celebrating that we are children of God without blemish because of what Jesus has done for us. We are without blemish in God's eyes. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, and God sees us as holy and righteous." But yet, at the very same time, we still wrestle with the effects of sin. You know that all too well. It's still there in our lives. Sin still attaches itself to us. And even though we are forgiven, we still struggle with sin. And one of the struggles that the congregation in Philippi was dealing with was the sin of complaining. Now, as soon as I say that, you know immediately that the problem of complaining is not limited to the people of Philippi. We all struggle with the problem of complaining. Although on the other hand, I guess when you think about it, maybe some of us don't struggle as much because we find it so easy to complain. But Paul is saying that complaining is very serious. It can keep us from being the children of God whose lights shine in this world. So let's work at conquering complaining this morning." So there's a story about a man who became a monk and he joined a monastery and at this particular monastery you had to take a vow of silence. You had a whole year of silence and then at the end of that year you could speak two words. You would go to the head monk and you would offer your two words and then you would have to enter into another year of silence. And so this new monk, after his first year of silence, went to the head monk and he said, food, cold. And then he started a whole new year of silence. And after that, he went to the head monk and he said, bed, hard. And then he started his third year of silence. And after that year, he went back to the head monk and he said, I quit. (laughs) And the head monk said, well, good. You've done nothing but complain since you got here. Complainers are killjoys. Not only do you make life unhappy for yourself, you make life unhappy for others. It's hard to overcome complaining, and that's because complaining comes out of our heart. It's not just something we think or say, it's something that we feel deeply in our heart, and it drives our behavior, and it's very difficult to root out. Now, there are four types of complainers. As I go through the list here, I do not want to see any of you elbowing the person next to you, okay? All right, so the first type of complainer is the whiner. And the whiner has a negative outlook on just about everything. And the telltale saying of the whiner is, It's not fair. Why me? Everyone else gets all the breaks. But the thing is, life isn't fair. And to whine about it doesn't change anything, it just makes everyone around you miserable. Now the next type of complainer is the martyr. And the telltale saying of the martyr is, no one appreciates me. And these people are pros at pity parties. When they are stressed, they want everyone to know about it. When they're overwhelmed, you're gonna hear about it. And I think we might all be somewhat susceptible to fall into that one. Now next comes the cynic. And the telltale saying of the cynic is that nothing ever changes, Nothing I do makes a difference, why bother? And finally, there's the perfectionist. And the telltale tale saying of the per- perfectionist is this, is that the best you can do? They're never satisfied, nothing is ever good enough. So those are the four types of complaining, whiner, martyr, cynic, and perfectionist. Now, I'm not gonna ask you what category you fall into, but I will ask you this, does complaining change you? Does it make things better? And the answer is, of course not. Complaining is like vomit that spews out of an unhappy heart, a discontented heart. In the Philippians passage, Paul calls our world a crooked and twisted generation. And this world complains and grumbles so easily. And you know, I think our culture actually encourages it. Everything today is all about convenience and ease. It's about the latest and the greatest things that you must have. And so when you are inconvenienced or you don't have what you want, this is just a perfect recipe for complaining. Our world makes it so easy to complain. And Paul says to this, no. Now the first thing we have to do is recognize our problem. God says in verse 14, do all things without complaining or disputing and we have to recognize that this is God talking to us. This is for you, this is for me. One of the hardest things about complaining is to recognize it in yourself. I mean, you might well think, hey, I have a few justifiable gripes, but I'm not a complainer. It's always easier to see see it in someone else, but not so much in yourself. But complaining is serious to God. It's actually an attack on Him. Look, God says, I am with you. I care about you. I am working all things out for your good. Yes, Jesus says, you will have trouble in the world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And the whiner responds, well, that's not fair. And the martyr says, well, you just don't appreciate me, God. And the cynic chimes in, nothing's going to make any difference anyway. And the perfectionist reacts, really? Is that the best you can do, Jesus? All of our complaining is ultimately pointed at God, and it's an act of rebellion. To complain is to refuse to accept what God says to us about His love and grace and about His presence and care for us. The moment we complain is the moment that we say that we don't accept what God says about us and His work in our lives. When we complain about our living circumstances, our job, our marital status, our family situation, we are rebelling against a loving God who has us right where He wants us at this very moment in time for our good. So, how do we conquer complaining? And of course, the answer is the cross. Do you understand the cross? The cross shuts down all complaining. It destroys it at its root, at at its heart. The root of complaining is that I deserve better. I deserve a better deal in life. I deserve more. And the cross says, this is what you deserve. The cross says that you deserve and I deserve far, far worse than we can ever imagine. But the cross also says, because of Jesus, you and I have received far, far better than we can ever imagine. We have received far, far more than we could ever deserve forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, adoption as sons and daughters of God. We are God's children. We have been given this deep, beautiful relationship with God. You can't look to the cross of Jesus. And truly understand what the cross means for your life, how it changes your life and places you squarely in the love of God, and then complain. If you do, you don't understand the cross. And so, every struggle in life, every problem, every painful circumstance that would get us complaining is actually an invitation to look to the cross. If the moment that we are tempted to complain is the moment that we look to the cross instead, it will conquer our complaint. It is a moment to worship our Savior and his loving power of the cross. As Christians, the temptation to complain is turned into an invitation to worship by looking to the cross. That is the light that Paul talks about that shines in this world. So what kind of a complainer are you, the whiner, the martyr, the cynic, the perfectionist? Or are you able somehow to be all four of them at once like me? What if we could stop complaining? What if we outlawed all complaining in our homes? Well, you know what? We can do it because of the cross. Paul reminds us that we live in the darkness of a world that is crooked and twisted And one of the clear marks of this is a world that is filled with grumbling and complaining. But God says you are different. You're to be different. God reminds us that as his children, we have a mission. And that mission is to shine as lights in the world. And I can't shine as a light in this world telling people that God is in control, that he is loving and gracious. I can't say that God is good all the time and then complain about my circumstances. I mean, it lacks integrity. It puts the light out. And so, back to the cross I go. Every day. Every hour. Sometimes more. And there. I am strengthened to see the temptation to complain as an invitation instead to worship at the cross and to celebrate what Christ has done for me and what he has given to me.